Before I get started, I wanted to take a quick second to talk about my sponsor, PalomaVerdeCBD.com. New website. They changed everything up. It's an awesome, awesome new website. Go check it out. Very user-friendly. Got everything that the old one had. Just uh, a new layout and a new setup. Also, be sure to use the promo code FACTS whenever you check out. They get you 25% off your order. I love Paloma Verde CDBD. Uh, I use the gummies and the tincture. It helps me mellow out. It helps me rest and sleep during the day. I'm, I am very much a up and going kind of person. And if the sun's up, I'm up and working a night shift, that sucks. So these help kind of mellow me out, calm me down, uh, give me where I can, you know, lay down, take a nap. They also have a salve. My wife had uh, a major back surgery when she was younger and she has some shoulder and back issues. And she has said that the salve is the only thing that makes her feel better. When she puts that on her shoulders, everything is better. She can actually move. She's not stiff. So go check them out. Carlos and Vanessa over at uh, PalomaVerdeCBD.com. Use the promo code FACTS and get 25% off your order. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This Podcast. Check this podcast episode 74. And I deliberately don't talk about my job or my work uh, because I know that uh, my views and beliefs and opinions on things probably don't reflect that of the company that I work for. And I don't want to do anything that would jeopardize my. Uh, my good standing with the company because regardless of political uh, leanings on things, I really do like my job and it pays really well. So I don't want to do anything to fuck that up, but I do want to talk about something that happened at work uh, within the last week that has had a interesting impact on things. So the company decided to roll out a new $17 an hour minimum wage or starting wage for all associates. And they also, uh, in turn, anyone who had been with the company for 90 to 90 days up to 20 years, they, if they were making less than $17 an hour, they went to 17 and a quarter. And then anyone who had been with the company for over 20 years also got, it, it was a it was a different type of a raise structure, but they got an additional uh, 50 cents or something like that. Like they got an additional raise as well, which is great, which is great. Uh, So I am, I am adamantly against a nationally mandated $15 an hour minimum wage because there's no way that you could feasibly make that work. Every situation is different. Every business is different. Every part of the country is different. $17 an hour here is not the same as $17 an hour where I grew up. Is not the same as $17 an hour in Indy or New York City. You can't roll out blanket something to cover the entire country because the entire country is vastly, vastly different. Uh, and I, I've said this before. I mean, from where I live here in the 
out in the county to seven miles east of here in town vastly different and so you can't have if if if, if the differences are significant in that short of a of a span then there's no way anything could ever possibly work large scale as far as like national mandates on stuff because obviously there are going to be drastic differences everywhere you go it has to be state and even more importantly local decisions and the company for the company this is actually a very local decision it is exclusive to here where i work it doesn't have anything to do with any other facility in the rest of the country it is only here it was a decision that the leadership team at this facility made <clears throat> that it needed to be done to increase the starting wage and it was taken up the ladder to the corporate office and they agreed and said make it happen but nobody else like it didn't happen company-wide it just happened here and that's the way these sort of things have to go because when they looked at it with other employers in the area we weren't competitive and we weren't keeping people and with everything else that's been going on that we've talked about as far as like unemployment payments and everything like that like people are making money more money to stay at home than they are to come to work so why would you come to work and in order to be competitive and to keep people at the job you've got to make a change and they looked at it they made a decision on what was you know what was tenable for the business for this area and they proposed it and they got it done that's great but now we get to see a little bit of the backlash and it hasn't been significant but it's still there a a, a consistent argument that you'll hear that kind of gets made is well if you roll out a mandatory new minimum wage or a new like starting pay for everything what happens to those people that have been there for 15 20 years and that's what we're running into because the ones who've been there for 20 years even though they were making more than 17 dollars an hour it wasn't that much more because of where they started like they've they have increased significantly from where they started 20 years ago but it's only a little bit more than that so that quarter or 50 cent raise when everybody else got two or three dollars that pissed some people off because they put in their time and now they're being told that that time didn't have the value that it had previously had there are other people who have been there less than 20 years that just got the 17 and a quarter new rate so if i've been here for and this argument was was made to me by someone actually like so i've been here for 15 years and now the girl who literally started last week only makes a quarter less than i do the person who has only been here for two years now makes the same as i do see you start to run into these how do you make it work for those who have worked 
you it diminishes the value of the people who have built the value for your company. And that's tough. I, and I, I don't I don't have a good answer to that because what you run into is okay, if we and let's say we took a, a national $15 an hour minimum wage and we made that mandatory across the board for everybody. Okay, so now everybody that starts out starts at $15. Well, if you had originally been paying $10, $12 an hour to the new employees and someone who had been there for a few years was making $15 an hour, well, now their, their value has been diminished because they're being paid the same as the guy who just came in the door that knows jack shit. But then what do you do? Do you offset that by increasing the wages of the ones who have been there, who have the seniority and have, you know, helped build your business? Yes, in all fairness, that's what you should do. But then what happens? You start to price them out of a job because it becomes, it, you know, your business model didn't change. Your customer base didn't change. If anything, your customer base actually now has less money to spend because they also had to raise their wages to $15 an hour. So now they're put in the same pinch. And so either one of two things has to happen. You either give all those tenured associates, or well, I guess it's, we're going to go with three. We're going to go with three. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to pigeonhole it to two. I think there are three very significant uh, possibilities that would come out of that. So number one, you give all of your tenured associates a raise to offset the new starting point, but you can't afford that. So now you've priced them out of a job. So you either have to cut hours or do layoffs or who knows in order to keep them on at this new higher rate that you weren't paying before. Or all of those associates, all of those employees see this new pay structure or you don't, you don't raise them. You keep everybody at 15 and they all see that. And all the people who have broken their backs to build your business get pissed off and quit because they know that they're worth more than somebody walking in the door who doesn't know anything, but they're not being treated that way. And so they're out. And then you're stuck trying to start over and rebuild from scratch. And if you've ever been through something like that, it can be fun and it can be challenging, but it is also a complete fucking nightmare. And that's going to be immediately demoralizing and damaging to any company that has to go through that. Like you, you can't just have a full staff turnover and everything be fine. Or the final one is now that you've priced all of those people out of a job, you have to lay them off and only go with new employees because you can't afford them. So either you're only keeping them and cutting and cutting hours and doing layoffs to keep as many of those people as you can, or you're maintaining the same staff and basically just getting rid of all the people who have priced, who have now been priced out of a job. And then you're either turning it over with all new, all new employees or the employees who were there have to come back and they're coming back at, 
that new base rate, which they're not going to be happy about. Right. They're, See, the problem with this is it has to be on a case-by-case -case basis. It has to be on a company-by-company, local-level type basis. That, like, there's just no feasible way that it could work as a national, broad, wide-scale, you know, plan. And and the average, like, I talked about this with the ag policy stuff, is like, the average dumbass who doesn't understand how business and economics and, and all of that stuff works, they think that you know farmers are just raking in money hand over fist when the overwhelming majority of farmers are up to their eyeballs in debt and are just hoping to scrape their way into the black every year. Most small businesses are up to their eyeballs in debt and just hoping to scrape their way into the black every year. It's not a, it, like, that, the dumbass argument that if you can't afford to pay a livable wage, then you shouldn't be employing people. That's, nobody can define what a livable wage is anyway. I've made ten fifty an hour with two kids, and I did fine. I had second jobs and hustled and did what I needed to do to pay my bills. My wife and I have both gone through plenty of, you know, low paying 10 12 an hour you know just hoping to get by working extra or working side jobs working as much overtime as we can you know trying to get everything that we can to to keep the bills paid and we have never at any point wanted for anything there have been some times when you know you make a decision not to go out to eat or not to go see a movie or not to take a, a road trip one weekend or something. But those are, you know, those are sacrifices that you make as a responsible adult anyway. Like this livable wage bullshit is, it, it doesn't make any sense. The livable wage is what are your bills and what do you got to do to pay them? And if you got to have a second job, if, you know, if you need to find a different job, I, the dumbest shit I think I've ever seen in my life was several years ago when this was all being talked about. It, it was probably like 2008 or 2010, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, yeah, it was early, early uh, 2010, 11, first term Obama. They were talking about this $15 an hour minimum wage. And there was this fine gentleman who... He explained that his only ambition and the only thing he wanted to do with his life was fried chicken at KFC. That was it. That was his life goal was to be a chicken fryer at KFC. And he felt like because that was his entire ambition that he should just that should just pay for whatever he wanted. It's not the way the fucking world works. You don't provide a meaningful service or skill you do something that literally a robot could do there are literally robots that can that can and will do it now I, the 15 dollar an hour you know, the, the five for 15 is about to completely destroy the fast food industry in terms of having a job 
if you work in fast food and you're pushing for the fight for 15, you might as well just go ahead and hand in your pink slip because the, there's, you're going to price yourself out of a job. That's what I'm talking about. Like there's a value on labor. And if your labor does not provide an equal or greater value than what you cost the company, you're gone. It has nothing to do with a livable wage. It's what do you provide that can be of value? And if you're working in one of these minimum wage jobs, you probably offer no value. And the job is probably something that could be automated. It's probably something that will be automated very soon. There are much higher level, like technical skill required jobs that are already being automated out and performed by robots. I mean, look at the automotive industry. If it was not for the massive auto unions and the, the pull that they have, that whole thing would be run by robots. <laughs> that's that's 100%. The whole thing would be run by robots if it weren't for the unions and their power. So if you disagree with me, you know, you think minimum wage, a uh, mandatory $15 an hour minimum wage is a good thing, that it's something that we should be pursuing. Like, talk to me about it. Let's have an argument about it. I'd like to, you know, have this conversation. Explain to me what, why it is that that's going to, that that's necessary. And explain to me how it is that that's going to work without completely tanking the entire economy as it stands. I mean, it's well on its way into the fucking tank as we speak, but this would just be like, this would be throwing jet fuel on the already raging out of control fire. If this is the solution, explain it to me. Tell me how it works. Tell me how it works without costing half of the people who are currently employed in the country, their job after lockdowns, have already cost a significant portion of the people who had previously been employed their jobs. I, this is the only thing any of these uh, government mandates do is put people out of work, break your leg and hand you a crutch the gov- so the government can step in and take care of you and say, oh, we're so sorry that this happened to you. This is terrible. Let us help. Motherfucker, you caused the problem to begin with. No one help from you. That'll do it for today's episode. I am doing some research, actually. Some uh, buddy from the Peddling Fiction Group, Sean, had made a request that I talk about the um, critical race theory and the Southern Baptist Convention. And I need to do more research on it. Like, I, I kind of read through an article that he had sent about it. Uh, I need to, I need, if I'm going to do an episode about that, I really need to dig more into it. Uh, I don't want to, like, I, I don't want to half-ass that. Uh, so that may, very possibly, that'll be Monday's episode because I'll have the weekend uh, to do some do some digging. But in the meantime, hope everybody has a good one. Uh, try to stay cool out there. It's getting getting hot. Welcome to summer, white boy summer. Later.